Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... I feel like there are a lot of peak bodies in the space that work with health services or disability or consumers and they're funded by different government departments or whatever and that means that they have to align with different people. But for me, we weren't funded by anyone. We were fully independent and that allowed me to be able to always pick my side and that side was always going to be with the people that I represented. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 437 of Impact Boom. My name is Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to our emerging futures and to the amazing people who lead those with their hearts and their souls locally and globally. Today, we are speaking with Anya Christofferson. Anya is an award-winning disabilities advocate named one of International Day of Disability Ambassadors for 2023, international model, author, and social entrepreneur. At 22 years old, Anya founded Champion Health Agency, a world-first talent agency for lived experience, representing people with disabilities, chronic illnesses and carers to drive positive change. Anya has recently founded Women and Disabilities Entrepreneur Network, WEDEN, to foster sustainable ecosystems that support connected growth in entrepreneurial opportunities for her peers. Anya has spoken and modelled internationally authored an autobiography called Behind the Smile and received the Queensland Young Achiever of the Year Leadership Award and Women in Technology Consumer Strength Champion Award. Combining an MBA in health services management and entrepreneurship with her lived experience, Anya has consulted, co-led and engaged in projects across health, government, research, corporate and the not-for-profit sectors. On today's podcast, we will discuss the story behind both Champion Health Agency and Women with Disability Network and how they are proactively advocating and driving positive change, as well as how Anya and her team are creating positive ripples of change personally and professionally. Anya, it's so wonderful to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Anya, to start off, Could you please share a little bit about your background and what it is that led to where you are today? Absolutely. So I really like to take a lived experience first approach. Even though I've got a bio that's full of so much other stuff, I really like to start with my disability. So I was born with a condition called Bactral Association, um, and that was picked up during my mother's pregnancy. And it's a rare condition that affects really all of your internal organs of your body. And so at five hours old, I had to have basically extensive reconstructive surgeries. And it meant that the first five years of my life really was spent in and out of hospital. 
I thought that this was a disability that you grow out of. I didn't think that it was something that was lifelong. And I think especially when we reflect on the medical model of disability, um, it is something that you get fixed. It's not something that you really live with, right? So I went on with my life. I had just a few touch points with the medical system. I managed a lot at home with my parents. But then at 15, I became really unwell again. I had a dream that I would become a doctor and that's how I would change the world because I had such a deep understanding of what it was like to be a patient um, and how I wanted to be cared for in the medical system. And I couldn't really see another way to use that experience that I had to create change at that point in my life. But unfortunately, becoming so sick again in my teens, I wasn't able to continue with my high schooling. So I ended up basically needing to drop out of high school and pursue a different educational pathway. What that ended up being was I did some year 11 and 12 equivalent at Griffith College. And while I was doing that, I landed in modelling. I really wanted to do it. I was told I couldn't because of my scars. That gave me a bit of a fire in my belly to want to do it even more. Within a year of signing with an agency in Brisbane, I was over in Europe and I did Fashion Week there the day before my 18th birthday, which was so exciting. And I'm steaming through that story because it was full of barriers. But that all led to me going into advocacy and starting to really accept and acknowledge my disability because I realized that I actually was very unwell and my life looked very different from my peers. And this wasn't something that I could just push through, but something that I was going to have to really manage for the rest of my life. And when I tried to join the workforce, I was still in and out of hospital. And that's when I think everything really evolved with the work that I'm doing now. And what was the next step for you in creating the Champion Health Agency and now the Women and Disabilities Entrepreneur Network? And that might be two different stories, but just curious as an accomplished model and author, how did those projects and an organisation spiral off? After I came back from my modelling career, I had that experience being represented by an agent that found the work for me, advocated for my needs and made sure that I was safe in the workplace, which isn't necessarily how you think of a modelling agency, but it was really my experience of a modelling agency. And I actually went into real estate for just over six months before I ended up having to leave because I had three abdominal surgeries within eight months. And that was also my turning point, realizing that I was so unwell that I wasn't able to engage in even a full-time, part-time job. From that agency experience with modeling agency to real estate agency, I ended up in my family business, which was an international education agency. So I was managing that for a few years when COVID hit. And so we couldn't get any international students into the country. So I finally had the opportunity to actually do something for myself. And in parallel to that, I had written a book. I had traveled over to the US and Pakistan and spoken about my story. I had engaged with some different not-for-profits and I'd really started my own advocacy career. And I saw the opportunity for myself to actually really grow in this space. And I was looking for an agent to manage my career so I could actually use my lived experience to create change. And understanding how an agent works as that middleman between the talent or someone else and the clients, there was no agency in this space. So I thought, okay, there should actually be an agent for lived experience because I'm not looking for 
a modeling agent for someone with a disability and I'm not looking for a speaking agent. I'm not looking for a writer's agent. I'm looking for someone that goes across all of this work. And that's really what Champion Health Agency was. And I went seeking this from Australia and seeking it from other countries and I just couldn't find anything like it. So that's really where that evolved and where that opportunity fell for me. Amazing. What have been some of your key learnings in developing the organisation? I was really trying to reflect on this because I've obviously learnt so much. And I think, especially, especially at the beginning, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I expected it to be similar to a modelling agency and how it worked, but obviously health and disability is very different. Right at the beginning, it was very important to pick your side, which sounds really silly, but I feel like there are a lot of peak bodies in this space that work with health services or disability or consumers, and they're funded by different government departments or whatever, and that means that they have to align with different people. But for me, we weren't funded by anyone. We were fully independent and that allowed me to be able to always pick my side and that side was always going to be with the people that I represented. It was never going to be with the clients that we were having to service. And I think that was a huge strength for me because it meant that always the talent that I represented knew that I had their back 100%. And Mm. I think that was a huge learning that built a lot of strength in the agency and a lot of trust and a lot of rapport and especially being disability-led, knowing that people could trust me and I could trust them, I think was a big strength. Also, at the beginning, trying to find work, I think, was a challenge, and we were trying to make partnerships with people. And we expected that because we were disability-led, disability-run, and we represented people with really incredible stories, we thought, who wouldn't want to partner with us? But obviously that we were a bit delusional because people didn't care about social impact as much as we thought they would or they should, which was really sad. And I remember this one meeting that we had and someone said to us, oh, wow, you you guys really care so much about this. And I thought, of course we do. And they said, it's really rare to find people that actually care this much in disability. And I just walked away from that. I thought, I'm so surprised that someone would say that because I thought everyone in this industry cares so much. But the more that I've worked in it, the more that I've realised that so many people are in it for the wrong reasons. That is another thing that sets us apart. And what I found at the beginning was we were writing so many proposals and spending so much work trying to get partnerships for almost every one of those partnerships to be rejected. And we really changed our approach after about six to 12 months to stop going out and seeking partnerships with people, whether they seem aligned in the industry or not. And we just more sat back and waited for people to come to us, which is a luxury, I understand. But we ended up just attracting the right work and the right people, whether it be through people applying to the agency to be represented or people that are partnering with us now or the work that we get now for our champions. It's just led to 100% more impact or 300% more impact, far more revenue, far more work, far more people represented by us, just from us attracting the right people rather than going out and chasing the wrong people. That's a really powerful learning, the difference between going out there and just, and I think there's a lot of deconditioning in that of how we're raised predominantly in many people's lived experiences of um probably more of a masculine or patriarchal 
just hustle, hustle, hustle instead of be and attract. Yeah. Absolutely. And I almost feel I'm giving the wrong advice here because I'm like, you have to go out, you have to get it, you have to work hard. But when I was doing that, it was not working. But the more that I just sit back and I let it come and let it flow, that's what's worked. Yeah, it's strange, but it has. Yeah. No, that's really powerful and and I'm heartened to hear that meant that you attracted all the right people, the clients and the talent who was aligned to you. What are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating really positive change? I think one that I came across recently that I'd really like to highlight is a platform called Meet Magic. And so what they do is they match up like key executives and leaders to different entrepreneurs that are at different stages in their business and wanting key mentoring advice. And so the entrepreneur can pay this executive money to meet with them and they get matched to them. And then that money is donated to a charity of that executive's choice. And so I think that is really cool and really exciting. And they've donated over a million dollars to the Starlight Foundation. And I just think it's a really good way to actually solve some of those challenges for charity sustainability, because I think it's very difficult for charities to actually start to make money sustainably and also for executives to be able to donate money without it coming out of their pockets directly and also for people to actually get something in return for their donation. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, fantastic. And you've now started the Women's Disability Entrepreneur Network. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we have basically just launched and it's really a soft launch. But this came about because we've been doing Champion for two and a half years now. And at the beginning of this year, I had a really good conversation with an investor looking at how we can invest in product-based businesses that are disability-led, disability-owned. And it was at a point in time where I've been working really hard with Champion, despite sitting back and attracting, it is really hard work. I, yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, the challenge is that I still do have a disability. I still see about 10 specialist teams at the hospital and I still am quite unwell a lot of the time. And having a sustainable income and having multiple income streams, not only for me, but for a lot of the people I represent. And beyond that, a lot of the people still in the disability community is very important. Running a service-based business always relies on the person running that business and delivering that service. Running a product-based business is not as reliant on that person. So with WDEN, what we're able to do is we're able to support people running every business with a disability, but we're also wanting to support people to start product-based businesses with providing that investment, providing business continuity support. So if someone started a business, they are sick, I can come and help to do some of their work until they get better or some of the other people running other product-based businesses can step in and assist them and we can have really good mentors. So I've already got seven mentors onboarded and we also connect to supply chains and different sales channels as well. So it is very exciting and we've got two of our WDEN businesses that are set to launch at either the end of 2023 if we can make it, otherwise it'll be the beginning of 2024. One of them is a 100% recycled FSC certified toilet paper and also compostable certified flushable wipes. 
under a brand called Shit Happens, which I love the name of. I came up with it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we've got that company that I'm leading. And then we've also got a coffee company called Against the Grain Coffee, which is co-led by myself and Tiffany, who's based in Melbourne. So they're both disability-owned, led, founded. And Against the Grain Coffee has a female-led supply chain from the farm to Australia where we're roasting the beans. We're very excited about both and they basically form the blueprint of how we are, you know, running and commercialising WDEN. Amazing. This is very exciting. We are very excited. And so we've got, yeah, a few different things that are happening there. And then we're developing a disability-led and disability-owned certification for other businesses as well to really maximise the disability procurement processes that are beginning to come out in a lot of government and large organisation procurement processes. Fabulous. Yeah, wow. <laughs> You're a busy lady, aren't you? <laughs> to finish off, what are some books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners? Some that have really stuck with me. I think one that I was a bit involved in, so I'm very biased, is Metro North Health developed a co-design framework. So myself and Dr. Adrian Young co-led the development of this framework. It was for the co-design of health services, but I think it's really useful for the co-design of really anything. So I'd encourage people to look at that if they're developing a product or a service or anything and looking at how you can do that with your end user or someone with lived experience. But then also a book that just really touched my heart and changed my perspective, which is, again, health-related because that's where I sit, is Zero by Jeremy Hunt. And it's about reducing preventable deaths. And I think that it's just very insightful, even if you're not into health, because it just gives a really good insight into how a health system runs. But it can be a little bit triggering. It's a very intense book. I listen to it as an audio book, but I would highly recommend it. It's, yeah. The book that's changed my perspective on everything. Wow. Okay. Add that to the list. (laughs) You definitely have to listen or read it, Sarah. Okay. I will. Anya, thank you so much for your time and huge respect and appreciation for all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.